Welcome to the MILF Bod Podcast. Mindful, intuitive, lifestyle, fitness. An all-encompassing wellness resource for women featuring some of the most successful, influential mothers and experts out there. I'm your host, Cherokee Luker, mother, model, fitness trainer, and wellness enthusiast. Join me as we dive into all things MILF. Happy Monday, everybody. Merry Christmas week and happy holidays to all. Today, I'm sitting down and talking with my beautiful friend, Nikki Bays, whom I had the pleasure of meeting on set when I was just two months postpartum working my first ever job with Hunter. And Nikki was six months pregnant at the time that we met. We were shooting for a brand called Blanky that specializes in maternity and postpartum wear. So very on brand for this podcast. To just give you guys a little bit of a backstory on Nikki, she is a former professional basketball player, model, mother, and an interior designer. In this episode, we go all over the place and she drops so many amazing gems and takeaways. We discuss how Nikki's time as an athlete has shaped her and taught her the importance of work ethic and being multifaceted. We discuss her experience in the modeling industry and her love and passion for interior design. And then Nikki gets raw, real, and vulnerable with us on her traumatic birth story. She also discusses her lifestyle non-negotiables, wellness and beauty tips, and so much more. So if you're looking to be inspired and motivated for the new year and to just stay positive, this is definitely the episode for you. Nikki is an incredible warrior and I cannot wait for you guys to hear her story. So on that note, please welcome Nikki Bays to the MILF Bod podcast. Hello, my beautiful friend, Nikki. How are you? I'm good. Glad to be here. So excited. I know I haven't seen you in so long. So you guys, Nikki and I met on Hunter and I's first job ever together. I was two months postpartum. And how far along were you in your pregnancy when we met? Six months. Six months. Yeah. I was big. I was like, why am I modeling with this beautiful goddess? And I have this huge belly. No, I was just so exhausted at that point because it was fresh. It was real fresh. Yeah. So Nikki has met Hunter and she got to hold him and he was on set with us and it was so much fun. We were modeling for this brand called Blanky that specializes in like maternity wear and postpartum wear. So we were blessed to have gotten to work together that day. It was a fun day for sure. It was. So, you know, we worked on set together, but I don't really know your story. So I would love for you to just give us a little bit of a background on who you are and your story and introduce yourself. Well, first, I just want to say thank you for having me. Of course. Anytime anyone can talk about wellness and mommyhood, I want to be a part of it just because I'm walking that walk now. I've been about a year of that journey. So anything I can do to give advice or put into my experience so that if they remember my story, that they can help them along theirs. So really glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I definitely missed you. I know. I'm like, when I come to LA, I'm coming to see you. (laughs) I know. We need to make it happen. Yes. Yes. Um, But, you know, back to your question a little bit about me. I feel like I've just been a warrior, like my whole life. Like, you know, I started off as a basketball player and that soon became my identity. So I played at Clemson University for four years. 
I was very successful individually, which led me to be a professional athlete overseas. Amazing. And that's where I really feel like I dug into who I am outside of the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're young and your parents throw you in a sport, it quickly becomes like your life and it just becomes who they tell you to be instead of you kind of figuring out who you are outside of the guidelines that your parents have given you. So I really used overseas as an outlet to not only enjoy the game, but to figure out what else I'm passionate about. That's great. Where overseas were you? So I lived in Switzerland, which 10 out of 10 recommend favorite country, hands down. I've traveled all over and there's nothing like Switzerland. (laughs) It's definitely on my list. It's beautiful. The people around are very welcoming and it's just my experience there. And playing basketball over there just really brought in everything together where I was in life and to be able to discover who I am and continue my basketball journey was such a blessing. But I lived in Switzerland. I lived in Romania. I lived in Luxembourg. I went and lived in Israel for about five months. And I really just dug into like no cell service. And like for two and a half years, I was just straight traveling. And I lost a lot of connections along the way that I've built, you know, my whole life. But in some essence, some weird essence, I was like really excited to start fresh with new people. Yeah. Which is so funny because today, like my closest friends are still the friends I've had in high school. So I was on some random journey, but in full circle, <laughs> it came back. I feel like that's usually how it works out. Like the friends that you make when you're younger, it's a different type of bond, I feel like. And they just end up sticking with you for life. Yes. And fortunately, I had more boys than I did girls as that group of circle we were talking about. So it's nice that I have like brothers that really have my back. But yeah, it's like before they knew you before who you were. So you can't like BS them. Yeah, exactly. They know. They know the true you. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, that sounds like an incredible experience that you had. So when you went overseas, that was after you graduated college? Yeah. So it was after I graduated college and then immediately I got offers to play in different countries and really into my faith. So I kind of just dug deep and Mm -hmm. just kind of prayed about where my journey should be. And my heart just led me to Switzerland. It was such an incredible year for me as a player. I was, you know, the top leading scorer of the entire country. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it was like a big deal and it quickly became like a true vision for me in the game. Like when you play basketball, you're, you know, as an athlete, you want to go to like WNBA, right? Because we're talking about basketball, but you can go overseas and get so much more and you're traveling too. So you're well-traveled plus you're playing, you know, the game that you love. So I really dug deep and decided I wanted to have fun instead of chase maybe a not tangible dream for me, which was the WNBA, you know? Definitely. So that allowed me to open up and open up my heart and my mind to what else to come. So after two and a half years, I stopped and I retired But that period really was a dark, dark period for me because my dad had passed when I was in college. So I wouldn't be here in the game without him. Like he didn't have a son. I was forced to be the son. I know many stories are like that, but it was true for me. I got in trouble if I didn't, you know, practice. The sport was a very big priority in my household. So when he had passed in college is when I really dug deep overseas and was just like more forgiving of myself or maybe the things I didn't get those moments to talk about with him. So when I gave up the game, I felt like I was giving up a little bit of my father. So yeah, it was really hard during that time, but then it just dove me right into modeling. So, and then the light picks back up. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a very transformative time in your life. And I always say that like 
the darkest places will always lead you to the brightest places. Eventually, you just have to, you know, push through it. And it's true. It just makes us stronger as individuals. And it sounds like you had such an amazing experience going overseas and doing all of that. It sounds like such a win-win. Like I didn't even realize that that was really an option for professional basketball players. I thought it was just like you go to the WNBA, but I'm glad that you chose that route because that sounds fucking amazing. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, there's no other option for me. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. So you grew up an athlete and I'm sure that that has definitely shaped who you are and your mentality and your drive because it seems like you are an extremely motivated and dedicated and well-accomplished human. Thank you. Just from knowing the little bit about you that I do and I admire you so much for that. Yeah. So after basketball, then you kind of started diving into modeling a little bit more. Yeah. So I have been in a committed relationship since I was 19. Same person. He's now my husband. Took us a while. Yes. Congratulations. (laughs) By the way, you guys just got married. Thank you. Thank you. You guys want to see the ring. It's beautiful. Oh my gosh. But through all that journey, he is the one that pushed me into my next passion. Like I've always enjoyed obviously photography, right? But it was like just an interest. It was never even like a passion, but I've always like, I'm the one, the team that like, guys, let's have a girly day. Let's get dressed up and let's go to Lake Combo or whatever. Like, let's go to Italy. Let's go to Milan. Let's just go. Yeah. And I think that that drew a lot of Americans toward me that lived in the country with me doing the same thing because I was like, you know, we are bigger than basketball. Like, look at this life we live. We don't have to wake up and go to practice and that's it. Like we can go catch a train and come back for practice, like, and be well-rested. Like, I was always the one motivating everyone that there's more to life. And I just wanted to walk in that as well. So when I gave up the game, I was like, I want to be an avid speaker about what that looks like after the game. Like, what can you do? And you are going to have a depression stage. That's life. You know, life comes in waves. You know, you have to understand that. And then, you know, once you do get that interest in the door, then, you know, just work your ass off toward wherever that interest is. Because guess what? Your old life is dead now. So you have to pick up yourself. You have to find that light. You have to find your direction. So Jonah, you know, he's been with me through all of my (laughs) roller coasters. Obviously Mm -hmm. he's my best friend before anything. Yeah. So he's the one that actually put me in front of my first agency. And he was like, look, I think you can do it. I think you're beautiful inside and out. And I think you're confident and it's going to radiate through any agency. You know, it's so crazy is when I did do it, I was so nervous and it was so weird. I don't know about if you remember your first, like, oh my gosh, I was so <laughs> like, nervous. I want to get in the industry. Let's see, like, I was such a nerd. You know, they called me in for, you know, an interview, and she was kind of probably the most abrupt, like, woman I've met in the industry, which was crazy. But she kind of took my chin and my nose and my nostrils and pulled back my skin and, you know, oh looked gosh. at my face. And she was like, you have a great face. It's proportional. Your lips are this way. You could work on this. My first time. And I was like, <sighs> what? <laughs> like, what do you mean work on this? I can't work on it. I have to pay for that. <laughs> yeah. This is how I was born. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't work on that. I'm sorry. I can't make my chin sharper. Like it's not yeah. how it works. So that really scared me away. Obviously anybody, you know, course, it's like, yeah. why are you analyzing me? My boyfriend at the time didn't even check me like that. So intimidating. So intimidating. But me with that basketball mentality, never give up. Do not stop fighting that grit that I have. It led me to do my own research. My husband did the first one, but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to let someone tell me no. So, you know, she didn't tell me no. She was very excited about me, but I wasn't excited about her. Obviously, 
in life, you should trust your gut. It's the only one that matters. I feel, you know, whatever that girl says, intuition, baby. Yes. You have to, or you're not going to get anywhere. You're going to be, you know, in cement in your whole life. You're not going to move forward unless you trust and take chances. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do what I do best. I'm going to get in here. I'm going to ask girlies in the modeling industry. I'm going to ask girlies in the agency. How are they liking their agencies? You know what I mean? Before I reach out. So important to do your research. It's so important. And you can't be scared. It's intimidating to be like, you know, go to this 1.5 million follower platform and be like, hey, how's your modeling agency? No, just do it. You may get a reply. She may be in a good mood that day. She may not. You know what I mean? But you need to know how they treat people. I think that's the most important right. thing in, in the industry. There's nothing to lose by asking. No. Absolutely nothing. No, no. So that really just drove me. I had two no's before I got my first yes. Obviously I was ripped coming out of the basketball you know, industry. Yeah. So they were like athlete, athlete, athlete. But in my head, I'm like, I think I'm one of phase from being an athlete though. But she was like, okay. you know, She was like, the one that I'm with my mother agency, she was like, okay, well then just stop working out for a while and just eat clean and just like break your bones back down, like your muscles and everything. And I did that and it opened doors to all categories besides athletics. So it was definitely a transitional phase for sure. Oh, I love you so much. You're such like a multifaceted, amazing human. (laughs) And it seems like from a young age, you've always had kind of this confidence and it seems like basketball has definitely given that to you as well. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a lot of athletes, going back to what you were saying about how you were always the one encouraging all of your girlfriends and your teammates to like go out and do other things. Because I think as an athlete, I mean, I don't know from experience, but I think you can get caught up and all you want to do is like eat, live, breathe, sleep that sport. And it does become your whole entire idea. Identity. So for you to like encourage all of your friends to just step out and be like, no, we are going to go and have some fun and we can enjoy our lives and do all of these other things. Like we are so much more than just these athletes. And so I'm sure that's shaped your identity. And I feel like it's kind of just like innately in you to be a confident person. And I just remember like walking onto set and it's honestly not because you were pregnant because everyone's like, yeah, you glow when you're pregnant. But no, you literally are <laughs> fucking a shining star Aww. right now. But yeah, you, you were just glowing and you were exuding like such positive energy on set. And it was just so nice to be around that, especially because I was so fresh out of the postpartum stage and I was so exhausted and like nervous because it was our first job together and, you know, we had traveled. But you're just gravitated towards you and your energy. Thank you. I must say, I am so shocked that you found me intimidating because I damn sure found you intimidating. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, as a model is stunning. And then I looked at the baby and I was like, oh my God, please tell me that this model is going to be modeling with us the entire day. Like, I want to <laughs> hold him, I want to pick him up. I was just so excited. I think I was in that mommy glow phase where I was like, you this were. is going to be me oh soon, soon, soon. Yeah. And like, I want to see how it feels. Like, give me the child. So uh, thank you for those kind words. I really found you just so like professional, gravitating to just like you said, that how you were with me. And I really think that we clicked and I think it was just a start of a new friendship. And I'm glad that we were both in our own like mommy phases, just different times. And Definitely. now we're able to express ourselves a little bit more. And yeah, so I really appreciate that shoot. Yeah. So you've been modeling now for how long? So I retired in 2015 and I started modeling in 2015 toward the end of the year. Okay. So you've been doing that for a while now and you also have your interior design business, which I would love for you to speak on. 
because it's absolutely stunning, all of your designs. So how did you start that? And was it something that you always knew you were interested in? Yeah. I don't want to sit here and say like, I feel like I have like a creative gift. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really Mm -hmm. feel like it's a creative gift. I do my research to build visions. You know what I mean? So it's not like it's just coming out of nowhere, but I've always loved, you know, construction design. I've always been gravitating to like a luxury type of construction design remodeling. Yeah. But I've never thought that it would be a part of who I am until, you know, my husband brought me to like this nice land here in North Carolina, good old iron stations where I'm at. And he basically said, you know, these are the keys. Like we're building on this property and this is going to be our lives. And I hope you like it. And I was like, this is the best present ever. Um, Oh my gosh. (laughs) So when that happened though, I had already had like visions of how I wanted, you know, manifesting how I want my life to be. So that means I was pinning like homes, like kitchens and bathrooms and master bathrooms. I already had these things kind of pin a vision of what I wanted. So when I was presented the opportunity to build and put all those visions into a house, I was really excited, but I didn't know it came with a lot of work. And that is where I decided that I could make this an actual job if it required this amount of work. So in the middle of COVID, I had launched my interior design services, you know, just thought it would be like a small launch. And within yeah. a couple of weeks, I actually got inquiries and I hadn't even put out my first listing yet of what I've done. Wow. Yeah. I was shocked. I was like, okay, so you guys just want me for the name, obviously, which is a great start for me. Yeah. But let me show you what I can do. I'm not going to knock on your door unless you see the work I do. I want you to see like it is luxury living, you know? So in the middle of COVID, I had launched it and I thought it was so special that, you know, I got a couple of inquiries and then my husband, he is in uh, real estate. So okay. we do short-term rentals, which now we're kind of walking toward long-term. But during that time, we did a bunch of short-term rentals and I staged those properties. So I was able to really Perfect. just, yeah, practice, 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 yeah. practice. And then my first gig was in Atlanta and it was a townhome, like a 4.2 square foot townhome. It was a half a million dollar home and it was from the ground up. And so I was like, all right, well, I manifested this. I got to, you know, dive in. I was nervous, but I oh, already damn. got my LLC and I just felt like, you know, this is a good time. Was it you by yourself or did you have other people? You no, know, it was strictly me by myself. I mean, obviously my husband's would be late night, like putting templates together to present, but like yeah. the entire staging, finding measurements, that was all me. And I, you know, accomplished that. And then from then on, I just felt like, you know, this is something I want to do, which is great. And so I've always been the type of woman that like, when I have a good idea where I see that it's going to be revenue, but more passion based and I'm able to get fulfilled, even if it's not for a dollar, But knowing that it's a career and it can make money, I've always been driven to start those type of businesses for myself. Yeah. You can't jump into something thinking about money. You have to actually love it or it's going to stop at some point, right? So I thought it was a perfect opportunity. For sure, because you have to think about the longevity of something. And if your heart's not in it, then of course, it's not going to be a sustainable thing. So that's great that you were able to find something that you were super passionate about and loved. And then on top of that, make an amazing career and business out of it because your designs are beautiful. And so now are you super busy with all of that now? Yeah. So I just picked up a new client yesterday, which is amazing. Um, It's in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's a dual townhouse. And so you'll have two units, but the same grand luxury, you know, living. I'm doing one side of it and I'm pitching to stage the other side. But right now I'm doing one side. It's someone's actual home. It's his primary home. And He's like masculine, like 
luxury, but like dark, moody, but like light and airy. It's all the things I'm passionate about. Light oaks, you know, all natural woods, like very beautiful LEDs, you know, a little bourbon. It's just beautiful. So I'm really excited to tackle that on. We just signed yesterday. So am I busy? I would say yes. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) You got your plate full. That's for sure. Yes. But it's nothing like, you know, at the end of the day, like coming home to your kid and that's like where I feel like work just stops for me and my head just stops and I'm able to just decompress. Like there's no like TV or shows. It's really just my son. So being present. Yeah. So I guess that kind of leads us into the next topic, which is Echo, Echo Boy, which I, I can't wait to meet him because he was still (laughs) in your belly, obviously when I met you, but he just had his first birthday. So tell him happy birthday for me. Thank you. I feel elated. And I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your pregnancy and were you guys trying to get pregnant? Like what was your pregnancy experience like? Yeah. So I... I know that when we met, you had mentioned your pregnancy story. And I remember you saying like, I'm going to do it natural and all that stuff. And I was like, I have never met more of a bold ass bitch. Like that is so (laughs) amazing. (laughs) I honestly, like I need to follow up with her after this just to ask her how it went. And then when you had launched your episode, the Mm. um, one, I think you just launched maybe yesterday or before I made sure I listened to it and I heard details about it. And I just want to say, wow, amazing. Congrats. You did it. That's so great. The hardest feat I've ever accomplished. When you kept saying like you continue to feel like depleted and defeated, but you wanted to push on, like I could just picture myself in that moment and just how sad and happy and excited and anxious and tired and vulnerable and all in one. And you just focused. And I admire that big for sure. Thank you. Yeah, it just you you showed motherhood in that moment before your kid was born. So it's something you should be proud about for sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Anyways, if you guys haven't listened to uh, episode one, check it out. (laughs) (laughs) um, Thanks for that plug, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you. Got you. (laughs) On your own platform. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So uh, I was contemplating if I even wanted to like mention my birth story. It was actually very traumatic, I would say. Um, But I also know that there's a lot more other women that have struggled harder so I'm okay with speaking about it. I may not go into like full detail just because it's like a lot. Yeah, there's absolutely no pressure. So for me, I remember, I don't know, I don't know, you didn't talk much about your contractions, but I was full on laying in bed just that night and I just felt like an uneasy thing like every 15 minutes. But I yeah. forgot that there was a thing called Braxton Hicks. So I was like, Thinking it was just another day, right? Oh, God. Yeah. And so my husband finally woke up and he woke up around 9 a.m. or so. And then I was like, "Um, hey, babe, good morning. Because I'd fully already been up. Like he was like not even awake though. And I was like, oh, it's time. Good morning. And he was like, hey, babe, how are you feeling? I was like, something's been happening every 15 minutes. And then he immediately pops up. I've never seen him get that more like excited in his life. He was like, okay, so we need to call our daughter. He was like, like packing a bag. I was like, what is going on? We haven't even communicated. Like, let's talk for a second. Like, he was like, you haven't even asked me how I'm feeling. <laughs> like, oh my God. I think he was just ready. He was so full on ready. So to backtrack a little bit, I remember you asking, were we trying? We were open to the idea. We weren't taking things to not try. Right. But I know there's like a short period of time in every month that a woman can get pregnant, maybe four days, three to four days yep. in that month. And I wasn't tracking that. Okay. I've always been a firm believer in like, it's going to happen naturally. The only time that I was going to get worried is if it took up to 12 months to try. And then I was going to be like, okay, something's going on. Right. It took us seven months. Okay. 
So then I found out obviously, and then it led us to back in the bed. And then now I had contractions. And so I, you know, it was funny. I was going to go in that day to get my membranes wiped because I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> like we're done here. Like yeah. it's time to come out. So basically they just take their fingers and kind of just like, you know, go over swipe. the head and the body and swipe and try to get the lube going down. And yeah. it kind of rushes the experience a little bit, even though your baby's full term, it's totally healthy. Yeah. And so I remember Jonna calling my doctor and she's like, you have to come in today for your membrane to be swiped. And Jonna was like, Hey, like, you know, she's not feeling well. It's been like 15 minutes in and out, like of her getting like these like weird movements or whatever. And she's like, all right, come on in. Let's see. So she went in to swipe it and she was like, Oh baby, I'm not swiping this thing. She goes, you're three and a half centimeters dilated. You're having a baby tonight. And oh. I was like, ah! oh my God. <laughs> It's just weird. I was like, no way we're having it now. Yeah, because it's such a foreign feeling, you know? Yeah. Like you can't really explain it. It's just like something that you've never felt before. So you so you don't know. <laughs> no, I have no idea. So I was just like, she just said tonight, and I've been on this journey for 10 months. I don't like you said, yeah. I don't know why people say nine months. I know. Um, it's the whole year. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and so I was really excited. So she was like, um, no worries. And she's like, Do you have like your bags and stuff like that? And we were like, No, we don't. We live 40 minutes away from our doctor. Oh God. And I told her that and she's like, Oh, you'll be fine. Like you'll be going through contractions and it won't pick up until later tonight. So you'll be fine. So she's like, I encourage you to either take a shower go get some food and then just come back. Okay. Sorry if you can hear my son. That's okay. <laughs> and so we got in the car and obviously like we say a prayer, we're big on our faith and we yeah. get to our house. We take, you know, a couple of cute little photos, like last two standing until, Aww. you know, we were trying to be in the moment as much as possible, even though we're both very busy. Our phones were like blowing up from business, but we were like, it doesn't matter today. Like yeah. nothing matters. So we get in the car and he's like, are you hungry? I was like, yeah, let's go through Chick-fil-A. Like I'm very chilled. I'm going through contractions, mad I add. Yep. But I'm in my head, I'm like, I'm bodying this. <laughs> <laughs> That's good that you were able to stay in that mindset. You were just like, chill. Like, yep, let's go through Chick-fil-A. Yes. I'm good. Yes. I'm good. <laughs> and because I remember my doctor was telling me, like, I, I know you said you ate a bunch of dates and did the bouncy ball and stuff. Yeah. Mine was raspberry tea and lots of sex. <laughs> and um, yep. And it was like spicy chicken strips from Chick-fil-A with the buffalo sauce, spicier the better. It gets them going. Yes. Spice yeah. always helps. I'm like, my eyes are watering, but this is for you, baby. <laughs> so, so I got the spicy chicken because I felt like, you know, maybe I can even rush it even more. This is great. Yeah. So it was so funny. So I'm, you know, eating on the way we're going and they're picking up and I'm like, all right, like my neck's starting to like twitch a little bit. Like they're, cause I, start, I started last that night. You know what I mean? Like I've right. been going through contractions. So they were going to pick up and go crazy at any moment. This is how I felt. Yeah. But I was fine. I was, you know, breathing heavily. And I get to the doctor's office. I really despise the doctors, like the hospitals, doctors, anything, because they see the same story so much that yours is not special. Yeah. They're very desensitized. Yeah. They're very just XYZ protocol. Instead of being like, let me help, let me soothe. Like they're not your, I think you said you had a doula. They're not mm-hmm. a doula. They're far from a doula. Okay. Yeah. So obviously that made my husband a little bit, you know, just uneasy at times, you know, get her here, get her there. But at the end of the day, I'm very chill because I'm like, I'm going to get where I need to go because I have faith that this is the day and it's going to be healthy. And like, I just tried to stay positive. Like you said, like, I just really try to stay positive in these moments. Yeah. So what they do is they kind of put you in your own room and they monitor your contractions because they're not going to bring you to the next room unless you're like damn near ready, you know? Right. But they also don't give you an epidural or anything. So you're just going through pain in a room and you're just like screaming or you're just uneasy or whatever the hell your pain tolerance is. So we did that for about an hour and a half. 
And then to a point where I was like, no, if I go through another one, I'm ripping everyone to pieces. Like, this is not okay. Girl, I can relate. <laughs> uh, yes. I'm like, you guys, you see it on the monitor that I'm going crazy in here. Do not leave me. <laughs> it's no joke. No, it's not at all. It's so crazy that I'm able to laugh about it because that moment I was like, oh, fire. Yeah, I know. So they finally moved me to another room and I'm about four centimeters dilated at this point. So I moved about a half while I was in there, an hour and a half. And so I get in the room and then like we take the epidural within like 30 minutes of being there. But that last like contraction before my epidural was really the last one I was able to give. Like it really picked up. You know, I have that mentality of that basketball athlete mentality because it didn't last. That's the thing. They're contractions, but they don't last. So you're like able to fight through that small like window. The small window. It you comes know what in I mean? waves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that last one, I was like, no, like I was in the tears then putting it in because I was like done. Yeah. But then I was like, where's the ice cream? Where's the movies? Let's vibe. Like I'm chilling. Are y'all chilling? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like you're bipolar because like one second you're in so much fucking yeah. pain and then the next you're just like, okay, let's just yeah, do this. Yeah, exactly. Like, like whenever you're ready, like further. Yeah. So it was really funny because when I hit the epidural, like, you know, she says things like, you're going through a really, you know, bad one right now. How are you feeling? And I'm like, you know, picking like dirt out of my nose. It's like, I'm really okay, guys. Like, whatever. Yeah. So a doctor comes in and she's like, hey, you're six centimeters dilated. Would you like your water to be broke? And that was like a mutual first big decision my husband and I had to make. And so he looked at me and he's like, it's fully your call. And I was like, does that mean it's going to kind of speed up the process? She was like, yeah, it'll speed up the process for sure. And I was like, well, I'm here. Like, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. But that's kind of when things went wrong. So when you break the water, you essentially are draining the fluids that your kid is eating and drinking and sleeping in. Um, And so now he has to fully breathe in oxygen for the first time. So my vitals were going down as well as my babies. And we tried to turn and try to get him to breathe differently because like, I remember you saying like you were trying to put off your birth story. I was trying to put off my birth story because I didn't want to give myself an ideal of how it would be. I wanted to just be. Yeah. Have no expectations. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the best way. I think some women go and like, I have to push or I need to do a C-section. You know, I just, right. I, for me, it was, I don't care how it's delivered, just deliver it. Like right. that's why we're here is to be safe as possible. So whatever that means. So she like knew that I was a model and I was concerned about like the cut at least, mm-hmm. but that was in previous conversation. So I'm sure that she wasn't thinking about it, but she was like, okay, I want her to experience a natural birth, obviously. Yeah. But she just looked at me and she was just like, I'm sorry. Like after like 20 minutes and she was like, you got to get this baby out now. Like she looked at me and she was like, it's now like she threw like those shrubs at Jonah and she was like, you need to get dressed from head to toe. Oh my God. But it, it was worrisome for me because although things were like glitching and like happening in the computer, yeah. I didn't feel it because I was on the epidural. So that's like one of the scary things about being on the epidural is like, you really don't know what's going on. You're not numb, but you just don't feel anything. Your body's not numb, but inside like you don't feel anything. Interesting. So, you know, although people are panicking, you're like, I feel so great. Like I could get up right now. This is wild. So she dresses Jonah from head to toe. I've never seen him more white. And keep in mind, my husband is white. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I've never seen him more pale. Yeah. And I've never seen him more speechless. Like he's never been just jaw on the floor, like unable to speak. And I think because of everything that happened so quickly, like you know, they moved me hands and legs onto one stretcher and rushed, like literally they were running <laughs> to the oh. C-section. And I was in my head, I obviously said a prayer. I was like, I don't care if I survive, like just deliver. Like I'm good. Like I lived a great life. I was telling myself this, like, you're good, sis. Like 
you did it. Yeah. You know, like just breathe. Cause I wasn't feeling anything. I was like, I had to talk myself into like positivity in a way. That's amazing that you were able to keep that mentality the entire time. I, at that point I was just like, I really don't care. Like just deliver him and let my yeah. incredible husband raise him. Like I'm okay with that. Like just, that's the focus here. So as soon as the doctor kind of broke the water, it really escalated things for him and myself. And um, they basically were in a panic and it was crazy to see because normally doctor's office, they shouldn't be no matter the, you know, the condition yeah. or yeah, or whatever. They should kind of be leveled because they should see this type of stuff before and they weren't. So that's why I was worried because oh my I just felt like it was maybe bigger than their head. And so I don't know. I'm just in situations where I should be maybe scared or frightened. I was very just thankful. I was just thankful that I felt really in my heart that my kid was going to survive. Like, I don't know how or what. When I closed my eyes, I just felt like it was his time, you know? Oh, such a warrior. Holy shit. Thank you. But during this time, Jonah's running behind me. They're kind of kind of jogging through like the hospital and we're holding hands. And then, you know, it's kind of like a movie. They break our hands. And Jonah was like, well, what's oh. going on? And she was like, you can't be back here. And oh, so God. within seconds, as soon as that happened, the doors closed and Jonah was just left by himself. <sighs> um, and he wasn't attended to by a doctor explaining what was going on. He was just in a cold, quiet room by himself for an hour and a that half. so fucked up. No one came to him for an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah. I cannot imagine the amount of anxiety and fucking yeah. stress that he was going through. Yeah. Oh, my God. And like as a doctor or nurse, you know that there is someone left behind you could have checked on them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not that the hard. situation. You don't have to tell, give them false hope, but you just give them information, you know? Especially the father of the child. Like. I know. I know. So obviously he was like, you know, he didn't know which way it could go. He didn't know what was going on. It's his first kid too. Yeah. So I remember getting in the, actually in the ER room, I guess you could say. And I remember them taking both my hands and legs and my feet and they just literally just flopped me on a table. And <laughs> then they gassed me up, obviously with like, medicine and then they were like nikki nikki can you hear me and i was like yeah i can hear you fine and then they started to like take a knife and like cut and then i started screaming my ass like i literally felt like carrie in that scary ass movie when she like had blood on her head and was screaming i was oh. screaming ass off. i've never got to that level of like screaming like someone is literally just taking a knife and just cut inside of you like it was very traumatic and then he stopped oh. because he didn't realize it wasn't numb so he had to numb me. And then I remember um, as soon as he cut, I like felt a rush of warmth down there. Obviously, there's like a screen or like a right. screen. So I can't say anything, but I just felt an, an abundant amount of just warmth and like liquid. So oh I didn't, in my head, I was like, am I fully fucking bleeding or yeah. what's going on? Am I peeing? Like, I couldn't figure it out. It was just my eyes were closed and I was just saying a prayer and it was just gushing. And then all of a sudden he like dosed me up with all of this like medicine, put something on my like face. And then within 15 seconds I was out. But I will never forget how I felt during the first initial cut because the doctor was like, I remember him saying, I didn't realize she wasn't numb. And then they numbed me. And then I remember a doctor saying, you have 15 second window doctor. And so in that um, moment, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm out of here, guys. Like, you know, like, that's fine. But I really felt like it was like Echo's turn, like in a sense, like he is about yeah. to live this incredible life. I have goosebumps all over my body right now. This is insane. Yeah. It's, I mean, obviously it sucked. And then I 
had echo and it was two hours later. So I mm-hmm. essentially, you know, C-sections don't take two hours, but mine just did. And I was out like light. And I remember all I could hear when I woke up was Jonah's voice, but I heard so many muffled voices in the background. Like yeah. I can hear doctors, I can hear nurses, but all I literally heard for me to wake up out of that like medicine sleep was Jonah's voice. It was literally like, babe, I'm here. And I immediately was like, up. And I heard all these other voices, but I didn't hear them until I heard his. So it was a very special moment. It's like tunnel vision, but hearing. Tunnel vision heard only him. Like it was crazy. And that's what woke me up. Like that's what woke up my spirit to like come back, you know? And I remember I was shaking. I woke my eyes up and then I was like this. Like I was, it was not moving. Like I was just fully shaking and it was because of how much they had to give me to go under very quickly you know what I mean and the amount of numbness they had on my body it was crazy and then I didn't open my eyes because I was so traumatized like I was still shaking so I just felt like I didn't want to be awake unless I was my body was back you know so I closed my eyes and they brought me to like a room by myself with Jonah and Jonah held Echo and he was like baby I have been holding Echo for two hours he was (gasps) just like you oh my and I was like to cry (laughs) I was like he was like do you want to look at your son and I was (sighs) like no babe I was like right now my body I don't want to look at my son like this I don't want him to see me like this just wait until my body calms down it took me 45 minutes to calm down and and I just hear obviously things like that and I wanted so badly to just see my son for the first time but I physically was just ill like I was just ill and I just felt like I didn't want him to see me like that. I don't know why, even though he's never going to remember in my head, I'm like, he deserves a stronger woman like than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's your first moments together. You yeah. want it to be special and memorable. Mm-hmm. And I think exactly. that that's important that you listened to your heart and your gut to just mm-hmm. be like, no, I need to take this time for myself right yeah. now as much as I love my baby and I want to see him, mm-hmm. but I need to like collect myself after that fucking crazy trauma that I just went through and yeah. had to endure. Mm-hmm. So then you got to hold him. Yeah. Like once my body settled, I was ready. And then as soon as I saw him, I go, oh my God, he looks just like me. That's crazy. (laughs) He really does. He's like (laughs) your twin. Yeah. I was just so shocked. Like I was just so shocked that like in nine months, like this is what I created and this is ours. And John and I have, you know, our story. I, like I said, I met him when I was 19. I'm 29 now. So I've been with him for a decade. So we got engaged two years ago. We had a kid in the middle of when we were trying to plan for our wedding. And I was like, oh, wedding's off. Let's have a baby. And then (laughs) um, we got married in our 10-year mark on that same weekend that we met. Oh, that's beautiful. It was all just, you know, God's way. And it was just so beautiful. And, you know, it's so crazy. Like, I would do the exact same birth story if it meant having echo over and over and over. For sure, I'm alive. So why would I not want to experience the same thing to have the same outcome, you know? Like, so I think that that's where parenting really plays in is like tough moments, tough decisions, like those first real parenting moments. Like, you know, when you're pregnant too, it's almost like, should I have this glass of wine? These are parenting moments you have to ask yourself. Your priorities and your mindset should change, you know, when you find out you're pregnant. But yeah, that's kind of my birth story. Thank you so much for opening up and sharing that. I know that, that that's probably not an easy thing to do because it does sound extremely traumatizing. But I think that it's very powerful that you did mm-hmm. share it because Thank I think you. a lot of women have you know, similar traumatic experiences. And I think to take you as an example and kind of just realize how strong you were able to stay mentally the entire time mm-hmm. is just 
such a great example to be setting for other women out there. So thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing that because it's super important because a lot of times birth stories can be traumatic. And I think that it's painted out to be like this easy breezy thing. But I think it's important that stories like this are being shared and being told because it's the reality of it sometimes. And, you know, emergencies happen and exactly shitty things happen sometimes, but now, you know, look at what you got. And I think it's so beautiful what you said, like you would go through that same experience a million times over again to have echo in your life. And that speaks volumes of how amazing and strong of a human you are, because that did not sound easy at all. So now that you have echo and he's now (laughs) one, (laughs) one years old, that's crazy. Yeah. What's the biggest lesson that he's taught you so far? transitioning into motherhood biggest lesson you taught me um this is a good question because i just feel like i've learned so much about who i am through echo more than anything yes, i love that yeah definitely i realize what i'm capable of i realize you know what matters what doesn't where my time should be where it shouldn't be what's priority what's not like you have a different guideline of your own life i feel when you have a child it's not about the small things or where people are going. It's literally about you and your family and how you can help it evolve. As far as him like teaching me things, and honestly, he just, he just teaches me every day. Like every single day I learn something new. I take something from my experience, nannies, and yeah, we kind of just raise them together. And I know that's like a whole nother topic about having nannies, not having nannies or whatever, but I think any helpful hand to help you be the best mother is important whether it's your grandmother or a nanny it still helps yeah I agree it can be a controversial topic but the biggest message that I want to spread on this podcast is like you you have to be giving to yourself in order to be the best mother you can be for your baby and so without help of course you're not going to be able to do that and so it's so important to talk about all of the help and it literally takes a village to raise a child absolutely you can't do it alone and so I agree. I'm so very thankful for my nannies. Yeah, for sure. And I love that perspective that you have that he has taught you about you Mm -hmm. because it's, it's so true. I feel like I'm so much more comfortable in my own skin now that I have my baby and I just feel like so much more aligned in my purpose and really just the most beautiful thing to be a mom because you literally learn every single day. Yeah. And it's so great too that since we both only have one and we're just learning yeah. so much through him. And I think we're very intentional mothers. Yes. So like we want to be excellent mothers even for our next one, but we have to ride the wave with our first one. And I don't know if you want more kids. I don't care. I, I love you regardless. I know that's sometimes a weird thing to bring up. Like, do you want more kids? Like it's always number one question when someone has a kid. I know. Um, always. <laughs> literally always. It's not about how was my journey. It was right. the other one. Like, do you want to hear exactly. my journey? <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm still trying to figure this one out. Exactly. Like, give me a I'm second. I'm actually still in therapy. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just think that we're intentional parents. And so with that comes, you know, our priorities and where our mind is directed isn't on youthful entertainment a lot of times anymore. It's more about youthful baby games and (laughs) things that, uh, (laughs) but that, you know, that just fulfills me. Like I'm in a perfect spot to have a child because I know that I'm giving so much toward it, you know? Yeah, that's beautiful. So now I want to move in really quickly to the acronym MILF. So we're going to start with the M. What do you do to stay mindful? Oh, I love that. 
So I do a lot of like skincare and wellness things that yes. help me. Girl, drop yes. your skincare routine. <laughs> what are the secrets? Because you're, it's amazing. You're flawless. Thank you. I took it serious when I just was more pregnant and I was just more of in a still state of mind, you know, because, you know, you can't go do all these things anymore or you don't really want to, honestly. Right. So I allowed myself to focus more on me while I can before I had a kid. And it really drove me into my wellness and my skincare. And thank you for the compliment. Skin Farm, (laughs) shout out. What is it? Skin Farms? Skin Farm. Yeah, Skin Farm. They're located in Nashville, Atlanta, Charlotte. They're expanding all different places okay as soon as I can't they reach out to me and they were just opening in Charlotte where I'm located and they wanted me to come in and just showcase their property and also get treatment and that became a long time partnership with us and I'm able to like really be personal with my consultant and just talk about you know hey I have one dark circle on my eye like what does it mean she's so direct she gets it done she is just so intentional with my skin. So I've been on that journey for like a year and a half now. Amazing. So I feel like with me, like to get back centered or stay mindful, just be focusing on, you know, my wellness. Yeah. You know, for me, I was listening to your podcast and you were saying how, you know, women need to be patient with their bodies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, it was very different because I had a kid and then I had to get married in eight months. Yeah. So for me, I wasn't giving myself patience. I was trying really hard. I was overstimulating myself because I didn't want to look back and on those pictures and say, hey, I didn't feel my best. Like it wasn't a good day for me. Like I wanted that moment for myself. So I fought hard to get her back. But in my head and my heart, I know it's not going to be like that the second time around. I want to give myself the honest grace that I should have gave myself the first time around. I was very aware of how I was treating myself the first time around. And it wasn't bad or horrible. I just have an athlete mentality, like get to your yeah. best self. Like, you know, and it wasn't unhealthy way by any means. But I felt like I could have relaxed more and just enjoyed the journey. Definitely. But it's understandable. I mean, the fact that you had to get married in eight months, that's a lot of pressure. And of course, you want to feel and look your best. So I get it. Yeah, but I'm not going to be that girl the next time around. Be like, (laughs) you can have that brownie, babe. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's all about a balance. Yeah, all about the balance. So mindful would just be wellness and skincare for sure. Yeah, I love that. And then next, how do you listen to your intuition? So that's my girl. That's my best friend. That's my bitch. She never says me wrong. I've never had problems <laughs> connecting to her. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> my intuition, like, I can get emotional talking about it just because of how much I am just so aware of how I feel. And as soon as I come up with the conclusion, that is my decision. There's no wavering from there. I've always listened to my guides led me to this life I live now. I'm very happy, very balanced. It's hard because you want to lean on people for advice, but that's all it is. It's just advice. They're not in your shoes. They're not in your body. They're not in your mind. They can't make that decision for you. So the best person to talk to would be your gut. Yes. You know, so I would just say, you know, your question with intention, like my intention is just to listen to my gut, like fully and every day. And, you know, people can help along the way, but you're ultimately that decision maker and that stems from your gut. Yeah. And I think just leaning into it with more confidence and just being like, you know what? No, I need to listen to what I need when I need it. Like, yes, I can value other people's opinions, but I know deep down what I need and what's best for me. So absolutely. just from talking to you, I feel like that's kind of been your mentality for, yep. I mean, your whole life, it seems yep. like you seem like 
very confident in who you are and like all of the decisions that you've made because definitely it's led you to where you are. I've had some uh, wild decisions that I made, but um, <laughs> haven't we all? Yeah, but uh, they were all very fun, and I learned from them. So it's not like I regret yeah. anything. Yeah, hundred percent. And then next, what are some of your lifestyle non-negotiables? And that can be anything from like, of course, we already talked about like skincare and beauty yeah. and wellness, but it can be anything from like what you eat on a daily basis or your nighttime routine, like things like that to just help you be a better you. My lifestyle non-negotiable is just staying organized. If I'm not organized, then yeah. the whole thing is just put to shit, honestly. Dude, same. I'm a Virgo. Yeah, I'm a Virgo too, babe, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think we connected on yeah. that. Yeah, I We're forgot. like, oh my God, we're sisters. Great. Yeah. But staying organized is important. If you come to my house, things are organized. If you go into my closet, things are organized. I like things in place. Not saying I am an OCD freak, but mm-hmm. I can't even move on to the next thing unless I felt like whatever I just left was organized. So Same. that's just how I am. That's how I am. Like if I'm cleaning my bathroom, I'm not just going to clean one sink. I'm going to clean the bathroom. Yeah. But that goes into just organizing about business and about, you know, motherhood. And even with my partner is just scheduling in family time. Like, you know, we can't yes. forget about these things and we're hard workers and it led us to where we're at today. But the most important thing is the balance and to allow our son to connect with us all the time, every day. And that's why we both work from home. But I would say the lifestyle, like non-negotiables would be the organization. Sometimes I schedule 9.30 to 10 this, 11.30 to this, this, 11.15. Yeah, time blocking. Yes, really. I found that very beneficial if I wanted to be successful during that day and it becomes a lifestyle. So I would say staying organized. I would say lifetime non-negotiables would be to hang out with my girlfriends. Yeah. I'm so busy that mm-hmm. when I intentionally text my girlfriend for lunch, it's because I need that lunch. Like I need that dinner. I need that time where I'm debriefing from a mom, debriefing from a businesswoman, and I'm just catching on up in life, you know? Because yes. I feel like a lot of times when I'm living, I'm reliving a lot of days and I'm just getting things done. Even when I hit milestones, I'm like, all right, what's the next thing instead of celebrating or taking a moment? Yeah. So I think for me to be intentional, I have to spend time with people that mean a lot to me to hear their stories and continue to be a shoulder for them, but also for my outlet as well. But it's important yeah. too to have a relationship where you're both pouring into each other. I think that's, not, that's very important or you're not getting you know, fed, essentially. I agree. Those are such great tips. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty good on the organization, but I think having quality time with the people that you love and where you feel like you can just like decompress and put on a different hat because, you know, you're yeah. you're wearing your business hat mm-hmm. uh, or your motherhood hat. But mm-hmm. when you're with your girlfriends, you can just be who you want to be and just have exactly. fun and relax a little it's bit. It's important. It's very important to unwind and stay young, you know, yeah. like stay in the moment of your life. It's just so crazy. Like I said, when I reach a milestone, I don't even get excited about it. I expected that. I worked hard for yeah, it. So I know. it's like, oh, great. Now what? You know? So yeah. It's a good reminder. Yeah. Take that celebrate. with your girlfriend. Celebrate it. Relax. Yes. You know? I think that's very important for a healthy lifestyle as well. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So last is what is your fitness routine? What does that look like? <laughs> oh, God. So, <laughs> oh, oh God, I'm scared. Every year they're different. I don't know why. I wish it was more consistent. That's good. But I mean, from getting pregnant into getting straight into fitness after marriage, into like I'm married now, what is my fitness routine? You know, I'm thankful to have an at-home gym in our garage. 
and it's fully mirrored. It's so nice. Surround sound is really good. So a lot of women or a lot of people, I would say, they go to the gym because other people inspire them and they push them by looking at others, right? Or just maybe catching a workout that they didn't know existed and implementing it into their routine. I've always been a very one track. I don't even see anybody when I'm at the gym. So I thought having an at-home gym would benefit me even more. I'm the same way. Yeah. Like from an athlete point of view, I know what my body needs. I know what workouts I should be doing. So that I'm very blessed to have that mindset. But really, I just work out two to three days a week right now mm-hmm. because like I said, I didn't give myself that grace. Like when I was out of pregnancy and like headed to like marriage then now I'm like, pace yourself and find your routine instead of yeah. like, I only have 30 minutes. I need to go like, no, girl, relax. Like you look great. Yes. Not going to be that big of a change. You can't do it. Don't like, I remember you saying on your podcast, if I work out, it's because I can and I will not because like I have to. Exactly. But my workout routine simply is just, I, I skip cardio. I ran my entire life. I had crazy ladies in my ear, head coaches Oof. screaming at me to run. So okay. running is just not me. Um, walking, I remember when I met you, you told me that walking would get me to the physique that you have. And I was like, how do I look like you? You're like, walk your ass off. (laughs) (laughs) I love walking so much. I've become such an advocate for walking because it's also kind of like my moving meditation too. Yeah, I love that. No, I love that. I totally get that. Like there's days when I walk where I'm either on the phone or if I'm not, I'm literally listening to like podcast, something that's filling me back up while, you know, my son is just chilling. Um, so I definitely understand that, but I would just say, obviously, just toning, toning, relaxing, not taking it so seriously. But there is moments where you do get lost in the moment and you do take it serious and you push right through that workout and you just get so much fulfilled from it. So it's not anything like, you know, chest this day, arms this day. It's really just staying active for my son. So I'm up and just toning and just living a healthy and balanced lifestyle for sure. That's amazing. Thank you so much for all of those. I love all of those tips. Do we get to know about what your meal stands for? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do a whole entire episode dedicated to that because I realized that in my first episode, I didn't even touch on what <laughs> the acronym. And I yeah. was like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, am I getting questioned? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I should probably go into that. No, I love that. I think that should be a good question for everyone. That's amazing. Yeah. One last question I have that I ask every guest at the end of each episode is, If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would you say to little Nikki? Oh my gosh. So ironically, (laughs) I had the opportunity to do this like a year ago and I loved it. Yeah. The entire room was covered in sticky notes and there's a podium in the middle and you have your pen and the sticky note. And then Uh the wall in front of you says like, if you could write something to your youthful self, like what would you say? And of course, I'm so like into all this like stuff about tapping into like, you know, your past life, your future, whatever. I'm like, yes. Yes. So I walked into the right room and then I was like emotional because I was like, dang, like I really fought to be where I'm at right now. And that was a a year ago. So I wasn't even where I'm at today. So I was like, what should I say to her? But just a one liner, like I just need a one liner because, you know, back then Nikki didn't read. So I was like, I would never give her a book to read. So I was like in my head. (laughs) keep it simple (laughs) yeah exactly but I think I had wrote you'll shine and you'll see and I had said that because for basketball I have always been the great player but not the greatest I've always had other people in front of me but I'm right behind it so in that moment I just told myself like you're gonna shine and you're gonna see that and just like be patient with that because I had never cared to be the second one or like not the greatest 
But when I had wrote to myself, I was just wanted her to know, like, your time is going to come and you're going to see that. And I just wanted to like, give her a hug. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. So I would just say that. Yeah, thank I you. I love that so much. That's so beautiful. Where did you end up doing that? That um, was in Atlanta at a pop-up. That's so cool. They asked me to come in because they had a bunch of booths. And there mm-hmm. was, like, a couple that really allowed you to dive into, like, you know, a little bit about yourself. And that's one of the rooms that stood out to me. And, you know, it's so humbling to look at all these sticky Everybody notes flooded on the wall. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, like, that's beautiful. sad. Some things were, like, I read a couple around mine and, like, I wish that I was able to talk to each one of those people in the room and just, like, where are you at today? Like, how – Yeah. Why did you write that? Like, I mean, honestly, that should be a whole podcast in itself, just taking out a sticky note and be like, Angela sure. from Wisconsin, we're coming to you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's actually honestly a good idea. Yeah, I think it was so cool. It's so humbling. I encourage everyone to sit down and talk to your youthful selves. It really helps. It does. Because that girl or boy, you know, they matter. They definitely matter. And, oh, you already are such a great mama. I mean, Thank you. I'm sure that you're going to teach Echo all of these lessons that you've learned and take all of the things that you have gotten from your childhood and all of your experiences and just pass it on to him. And I think that he is a very lucky boy Thank to have you. you as his mama. I could say the same about you, love, for sure. <sighs> Well, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. And can you let everybody know where they can find you like on Instagram and maybe your interior design business and yeah, just all the things. All right. Well, what's up, everybody? I should have had this intro (laughs) in the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My name is Nikki Bays. I just got married. My formal last name was Nikki Dixon, but you can find me new and 2.0 Nikki Bays on Instagram. My interior design service is Naron Designs, N-A-R-O-N Designs. You can find that on Instagram as well. can do anything between space planning and helping you pick out furniture. I'm your girl. I got you full-time model here in Charlotte, North Carolina, work a lot on the East Coast, willing to fly to the West Coast. Yeah, I'm all about women empowerment, encouraging mom life, all the good things, staying on top, being mindful of your intelligence and trusting your instincts. And yeah, so I would love to connect if you are out there listening to me. Well, damn, girl, mic drop. That was beautiful. (laughs) Chef's kiss. Okay, good, good. We like it. We like it. Well, I love you. And thank you so much for talking with me. And it's so good to see your beautiful face. Hopefully we can see each other in person sometime soon. I know we will. And thank you for having this platform. And I encourage whoever else is listening that does get a chance to be on this platform to stay vulnerable. Everyone needs to hear your story. And you got this. You're a survivor for sure. Thank you. Such a beautiful message to end on. Thank you all for listening to the show. I hope you gained some insight on how to practice becoming more mindful, learn the importance of listening to your intuition, gained some lifestyle takeaways and fitness tips. You can find me on Instagram at Cherokee Luker and the podcast at MILF Bod Pod. So make sure you follow me to access exclusive content to help you become a better you, a better mother and a better human. Talk to you guys next week about all things MILF.